It's time for Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Now, here's Bart Scott and Dan Grossa. And welcome into another edition of Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grossa with you, joined as always by my pal, former Jet linebacker. He is Bart Scott. Bart, victory Monday, nothing could be better, coming off of Thanksgiving let me be one of the last people to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, but <laughs> how was your holiday, my friend? All good? It was good. A cool matata, man. It's good to just take a break and, you know, give an opportunity to give thanks and and talk about, you know, be around family, have fun, watch movies, eat some food, fall asleep, uh, and repeat. Absolutely. And my friend Bart has a pretty strong stance on leftovers, so let me <laughs> piggyback what he just said. If you're listening to the show right now on Monday, the day after the Jets beat the Texans, the leftovers thing should not even be in the equation. Leftovers are done, finished, over. You agree? Yeah, finito. Like, it's, it's, it's a wrap. Barbecue chicken. Throw that stuff away. I understand it. You don't want to waste food. But listen, if you didn't, if it's not all gone by now, if people didn't eat it and take it to their, to their homes with you, then it wasn't that damn good. So that's a you problem. Amen. It's a health issue at this point here. Stay away <laughs> from the leftovers. We're on to the next week already. And the Jets are going to look back first here and enjoy a little bit. A 21-14 victory over the Houston Texans. They get in the win column for the first time on the road this year, Bart. And things started off a little bit slow yesterday. They fell behind 14-3. to But the defense really did a nice job the second half of the game. And you saw that offense, piloted by Zach Wilson, start to play a little bit more cohesive in that second half especially, and Zach working off the rust little by little as that game progressed. Well, and I I think LaFleur also worked off a little rust in trying to figure out a game plan that would um, be able to highlight Zach's, um, you know, his talents. And I thought, you know, early on, you you know, putting him on a move, you know, Zach has Zach's going to have to learn how to trust that 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 knee. And he talked about it, it, it being tweaked in, in, in his um, interviews and how sometimes you, you have to have the belief and the faith that it's not going to you can't re-injure it, that it's just going to be sore or when you make certain movements. And I thought when they decided to just let him drop back and pass the ball and, and had the receiver sitting in zones, that's when he was able to kind of come to life a little bit. And you know that this running game was tremendous. The fact they were able to you know establish the run game really put them on schedule in the second half and helped them to set up some of those that play action pass behind the linebackers in front of the safeties. No doubt about it. 157 yards on the ground, about four and a half yards of pop. I mean, as good a day running the football as Mm -hmm. we've seen from this team probably all season long. Tevin Coleman, I thought, had his best game as a Jet yesterday. 67 yards. Ty Johnson got some touches as well, doing what he's done really all season long. And to help compensate for the loss of Michael Carter, Austin Walter, making his debut as a New York Jet up from the practice squad. The Texas native, Bart, nine carries, 38 yards, found the end zone as well. He was a nice little spark plug for this offense that Robert Sala alluded to him as after the game last night, but he showed some nice burst and then really just fit in nice with this complement of backs that the Jets employ. Well, I think you hit the nail right on the head, right? When you talk about Michael Carter, even though Michael Carter is a smaller back, he runs tough in between the tackles. So you don't you don't get that from Ty Johnson, you don't get that from Tevin Coleman, but you was able to get that from Walter. He pre, he he you know kind of put all three of those backs together. And I think you get you know Michael Carter, and you know he had a, it's a change of pace. He's a smaller back, but he showed that he was tough to run in between the tackles, and it looked like he was moving at a different speed than everybody. Now you can talk about fresh legs, the fact that he hasn't had to wear and tear, but that's a good thing. 
you know, when you talk about in the second half of the season where you get guys that earn the right to get playing time, you know, when they get playing time, they're coming, they're coming to with fresh legs, right? So they, they have the opportunity to have a different burst and they can, you know, it could be a benefit for a football team when guys start playing and they don't have a lot of scar tissue. You're listening to Inside the Jets, supported by Selective Insurance. Be uniquely insured. Dan Gross and Bart Scott with you. You know, yesterday on the pregame show on the radio side, I asked my partner, Greg Buttle, who, of course, played as a Jet linebacker for several years. And I asked him, when you're coming back off of an injury and you're still not 100%, and of course, I'm referring to Zach Wilson, how long does it take your first time out there to feel confident again in maybe whatever injury that you're nursing? And he said one play. For him, it was just one play. I'll throw that question to you. If you were playing through something and you missed some time, when you're back out on that field, how long does it take you to feel like yourself again? It takes, I think, two two games. You know what I mean? Because what happens is, you know, unless you know, Butter was Superman, I don't, I don't know like how he hit. Well, he's a different bird. You know that he's a different yeah. bird. So, but, yeah. but, but but when you talk about, you know, what happens is you come back and you don't know the limitations because you've been at practice, but you never go as hard as practice as you're in the game. Because a lot of the movements in practice are predictable, right? You kind of know what the play is, the defense is. You're not reacting as honestly as it is going against an opponent that has new wrinkles that are doing things that you've never seen before. So what happens is you tweak it and you hurt it and then you have to trust it. And then what happens is after that game, it's, it's sore. You figure out, okay, this is what I have to do to maintain it as it continues to get strong. Because just because it's healed and it's not sore, when you do certain movements, you re-aggravate it. But you don't re-aggravate it to the extent of it being hurt. It's just scar tissue breaking up, all kind of stuff happening in there. Then when you get to probably like the, at the end of the second game, you're like, okay, I can trust it. I believe in it. It's been hit. I've fallen on it. I've cut left. I've cut right. I've stopped. I've spent on it. And you'll be able to, to feel comfortable because you've had not only those days, but additional practice days. And there was that scare in the second half where Zach yeah. Wilson got flushed from the pocket, right? And he rolled out of bounds there and then kind of came up a little bit gimpy and was limping off to the sidelines, talking to the trainers. Didn't know if he would have to miss some time, but came right back out for that next series. So the worst situation, of course, was avoided there. Let's hear from the Jet quarterback, though. After yesterday's 21-14 victory, he caught up with Jets play-by-play voice, Bob Ushusen. Welcome back, Zach. How'd that feel? It's good to be back. You know, rusty for sure, frustrating. You know, the emotions up and down, but... Uh, I thought the guys battled. Uh, we kept fighting, you know, hit the reset button after every single play, and, and we were able to pull through. You know, I was proud about how everyone just kept, kept going to the very end. You looked more comfortable in the second half than the first half, at least to us. Did you feel that way? Yeah, for sure, and I got I to gotta be able just, uh, to move on from the beginning. You know, things didn't start well from the beginning, and so, you know, oh, well, move on and uh, on to the next play. You know, one play that jumped out to me, you tell me if I'm seeing it right, the little turnaround hit to Berrios where he took off and made the big play for you. It looked like you had five blocking and they had six coming. And so that's on the quarterback, right? Like, you know there's going to be a free runner. That's sophisticated NFL quarterback play to know where you want to go on that play. Am I, am I reading that right? I mean, take me through that play and how important that one was for you and your offense. Yeah, it was cool. We actually uh, we called a play that had just a lot of options, and uh, these guys didn't show any cover zero, but, uh, you know, on tape. But then we come out and they gave it to us uh, twice tonight, I believe, and, uh, you know, on that one, I knew everyone was walked up. I knew what I was getting, and uh, really it was just where's my easiest completion to get out and let those guys go make a play. So Dax, or Brax did a great job on his route, uh, turning inside, getting it to him, and then he just he did the rest by himself. Sound like a fun locker room to be in just now. What does a win on the road especially mean for you and this team? Yeah, it means a lot. You know, winning in the NFL is tough always, and so you got to appreciate it, but you also, you also got to go learn from it, and we just got to keep getting better. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. 
All right, so that's Bob Shusen with Zach Wilson. Remember, Jets fans, you can watch Inside the Jets through the Jets app presented by Fubo Sportsbook. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now and search official New York Jets. Dan Grasso with Bart Scott here. And Bart, you know, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball because certainly they played themselves a really good game yesterday. Disruptive. Five sacks of Tyrod Taylor. Two of them from our upcoming guest here on the program in just a couple of minutes, John Franklin Myers. JFM even had an interception to go with it. But up front, they were very, very influential in the outcome of that game yesterday. Yeah, they were impactful. And that's what we've grown to expect uh, from this unit. And they lived up um, to our expectation and exceeded them. You talk about five sacks, I believe, in the last previous games, last four or five. They only had seven, you know, coming into, into this game. And, you know, just getting Tyrod Taylor off his spot, a guy that's a crafty veteran that knows how to get the ball out of his hand, knows how to protect himself and take care of the football. They did a great job in making sure that they got, you know, this, they disrupted him. And you also have to give credit to the back end for being able to, to tie down and shut down some of these receivers. You know, you know, the the Texans do have very capable receivers. You talk about Brandon Cooks. He's a guy yep. that in his seven years uh, of being in the NFL has went for over 1,000 yards five times. You know, so being able to keep guys in front, not really letting the ball get over their head and being able to make plays. I think the front end and the back end was tied in. I think, you know, when you talk about, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Quinn Williams coming in and, you know, really, you know, popping off the field and being able to have some some explosive plays. I know some guys got dinged up. Guys stepped in. Derrick Davis came in and was able to help solidify and continue to, to play at a high level. And they never gave up the big plays. And when Tyrod Taylor had an opportunity to go down and try and win the game, they took care of business. They got they got the Texans up out of there. They didn't make it interesting at all. No cardiac cats. Nobody wanted to have to deal with that. They were able to take care of business and do it in a professional workmanlike fashion. No doubt about it. They were able to make the plays when necessary and win the game. You also saw those guys on the back end look maybe a little bit more settled. You know, the Elijah Rileys of the world getting more acclimated to this defense, you know, settling in here a little bit. Javelin Gidry got a lot of snaps at corner. So, you know, that secondary, which had a couple of hiccups the previous week against the Dolphins, settling in against the Texans. And at the end of the day, Jets found a way to get a victory here, their third of the season. We just talked about John Franklin Myers. He's going to join us coming up next right here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Time now for our player guest segment, which is also brought to you by EY, building a better working world. And we're pleased to be joined by a member of that defensive line. He had two sacks yesterday, thrown an interception to boot, and he's John Franklin Myers, who's nice enough to join us here on the program. JFM, it's Dan Gross and Bart Scott. Thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Enjoy, enjoying the Victory Monday. How are you guys? Absolutely, man. Happy Thanksgiving and all that good stuff, man. And listen, you almost could put the cherry on top. You almost hit for the cycle, right? You talk about two sacks. You talk about the PBU slash interception. But something was a little different about that PBU because it looks like, you know, you were swerving, man. What's up with that? Because, like, the quickest way to any destination is straight ahead. And it looked like you had, like, like, like your wheel was a little tilted to the left. You start <laughs> drifting to the left a little bit. What's up with that? Did the, did the fellas get on you? After you got to the sideline, like, what the hell were you doing? Where were you going? Yeah, yeah, no, they for sure, they for sure got on me. Uh, I had to make the smart play. I mean, I, I blame Shaq. Shaq. Shaq ain't blocked nobody, so that's why I didn't <laughs> score. If, if anybody asks, that's why. Now, tell me this. Like, like I know we all practice the turnover drill, right? And most of the fast guys, they don't want to block. They want to get in pitch relationship because they want you to pitch it to them, and they want all the glory. Like, what was Shaq thinking? Now, Shaq didn't block anybody. Did he get in pitch relationship? Or do you, did you have anybody calling for ball? 
Yeah, so Shaq was like, hey, 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 John, hey, John. So I'm like, when I when I run out of bounds, <laughs> he was like, bro, why ain't you pitching to me? I'm like, man, can you block, bro? I'm trying to score myself. <laughs> but I tell you what, you guys had five sacks yesterday, man, and, you know, kind of getting back on track. You know, what was, what was the key? Because it looks like you had a little bit more pop in your step yesterday. I know you had a lot of family members in. You know, was that the added energy that you need as – when we get to this part of the season, everybody's kind of banged up and dealing with something. We're all trying to overcome some things. But it looked like you had a little extra juice in your giddy-up yesterday. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, family is great to have at the games. Um, and, and for the most part, I have a couple people at every game. So I don't know if that was the energy. It was definitely nice to see them prior to the game. And then um, after the game, knowing that they were there also helped. Um, but in general, you know, just another opportunity. And um, after having that play last week that, you know, potentially cost us the game or, you know, arguably cost us the game. I just knew I had to come back and be better. Um, and then as a defensive line, we knew we had to be better. You know, we, we had a couple of games where, you know, we just didn't play like we wanted to and, and up to our standards. So I, I think this was just the first game that, you know, we just really needed to do that. And we understood the assignment. Let me go back to the interception for a second, though. I need to know how much trash talking is going on, at least in the defensive line room right now, because you've got one. Shaq's got one. And even not just in not just in the D-line room, but like with the rest of the defense, like you guys are responsible for half of the INTs that this defense has right now. I mean, what is it about your D-lineman and are the other guys want to get in on the action now? We're just ball hawks, you know. <laughs> what, what it is, I, I think uh, we want our Madden rating to go up. So That's my, what my, it is, ca- my catch rating was at 40. So hopefully they put it to like <laughs> 99 now. I don't know. It looked like you caught that ball with both your wrists. I don't know if they. <laughs> 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 hey, catch is a catch, they say. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, exactly, exactly. As long as you get it, as long as you get it in. But how, how good was that to maybe try and get some momentum as you guys, you know, had struggled a little bit over the last couple of years. Like, what did you guys do? Go back to the basics. You know, did you guys like how was practice leading up? I know it's a distracting week. People don't realize just because it's uh, Thanksgiving and the holiday and everybody else can kind of mentally turn their mind off. You guys have to be razor focused. Yeah. So what was the mindset and what was the focus this week, you know, inside the uh, meeting rooms? Uh, I think the coaches did a great job, but just that was the priority was eliminated distractions. And we, we spoke that and we lived that, you know, as some people just kind of chill and do what they got to do. You know, um, I mean, it was literally all gas, no brakes, you know, and sometimes, you know, like you question that and, and you just see like these guys have been here before they've done these things. Um, and, and, you know, we're just not regular people. You know, we can't just go enjoy family time, nothing like that. Like this is our job. And if our job says we have to play on Thanksgiving or practice on Thanksgiving, that's what it is, you know. Um, and we understood that, you know, again, the coach, the coaches put us in a great, uh, great position to win this game. Um, you know, they had the de- defensive backs playing well. They knew exactly what they were getting, and they were playing fast, as you guys could tell. And then um, D-line, we played off each other, um, and we just rushed. You know, we rushed, and we played the run well. And, I mean, it showed for it. You know, you guys pit- you pitched a shutout in the second half, too. You know, once you fell, fell behind 14-3 in that game, no points the rest of the way. I think Houston only had 45 yards total in the second half of that football game. Was it anything from an adjustment standpoint, tactically, X's and O's, or was it just you guys bunkering down and then just executing a little bit better? I, I think we definitely uh, executed better. I mean, our defense is simple, you know. I, I mean, you, you know where we're going to be 90% of the time, and, and that's just what it is, you know. And um, it's all about how we execute, and we know what we can do. I mean, we just have to go out there and do it. And the offense played better in the second half. I mean, 
I mean, they they were settling down. Zach played a lot better. Um, and, and his first game back, you know, I think we all expected some rest. Um, but he's a great player, and he showed it in the second half, man. So we're looking forward to having him out there and then, you know, seeing what we can do going forward. Now, on the telecast, they spoke of, um, I guess, your meetings that they have with you guys, your production meetings. And they spoke about how your mentors were in Dom Kinsu and Aaron Donald, you know, two Hall of Famers. You know, but now you're the leader of a, of a defensive line. What have you taken from what you learned from them and try and incorporate it and make it your own to try and become a leader and try and lead some of these young guys that's going to look to you for leadership and advice? Um, you know, I, I think um, as a weekly thing, it's just something that I do is, is just speak to these guys about, you know, how I went about breaking down the offensive linemen, you know, um, whether it be their set, you know, what type of puncher they are, um, the little tells that I see, um, and just teaching those guys because every, literally every um, Wednesday and Thursday, Aaron Donald and came back up to the facility. I was up there doing some conditioning and stuff like that. And he came back, he did some cardio, he did his sauna session, and then he just watched film. He sat in the film room and watched film for two hours, you know. And I'd leave at 10 o'clock and he'd still be there watching film. Um, so I just I just sat in a meeting like I'm not, you know, after a couple of weeks, I got to ask some questions like, hey, man, like, what are you really looking at? You know, and, and that's when I started learning how to break down the offensive lineman. I learned what he was seeing and, and stuff like that that has stuck with me. And that's how I break that down offensive line. Every week I do that with Tanzel Smart. Um, he was at the Rams with me and, and just a great a great guy to, to have on this team to help me. You know, I mean, he's he's part of the reason I've had the success I had because of the knowledge that he gained playing with AD for four years, you know, him. Um, and then and Dominican Sue helped me off the field so much, just, you know, with some of the business stuff he does. And then, you know, the opportunities that he gave us to meet these people who were influencers and, and had this this uh, name outside of football, you know, and, and just a great opportunity. So um, obviously I'm not in Dominican Sue, you know, I don't have those connections, but just the knowledge that I learned and some of the stuff, like, I mean, Again, he was like, man, anytime you want to go to Oregon, you know, like you can pull up, you, you can show up, man. I, like I'll take you through my workouts. I'll meet, I'll let you meet everybody at Nike, X, Y, and Z. Like that's the type of stuff I want to do for these guys. So in the offseason, I tell them like, man, like anything you need, you need to stay with me. You want to work out with me. You want to work with my D-line coach there, like my trainers, everything, whatever you need, like I'll pay for it. I don't care. You know, I just want you guys to do the best, you know, and, and again, those guys helped me out so much. Michael Brockers, who I still talk to, I mean, I was his backup and just, I mean, I can't say enough good about those guys. I mean, I tell you what, man, it sounds like you went to a uh, the Harvard or Stanford, uh, you know, <laughs> defensive line training, right? You talk about the off the field stuff, you know, you know, now that you've got the big contract and congratulations. I don't know if I was ever able to congratulate you for that. That's always a beautiful thing. You know, but now that you, you you have the ability to kind of be able to do things outside and, and, and do your other interests and invest, you know, just understand that, you know, it's not about your net worth. It's about your network. Right. And having a Dominican Sue is a tremendous asset to have. The fact that, you know, you can potentially have access to Warren Buffett and be able to pick his brain, too, through and Dominican Sue. It sounds like he's a, a great liaison and he's a great uh, teammate that, you know, a lot of times we don't want to help each other. We keep it all to ourselves. Sound like you had a, a lot of selfless, selfless guys. You're continuing to be selfless again. Now, I wanted to go back to something you said because you talked about, you know, uh, watching film. And I know every week uh, on Thursday and Friday, we used to have to have our linebacker report, right? And we used to have to have a linebacker report. We had to sit back and talk about what we watched on film and what we learned. Now, 
I don't want to point any of my teammates out, but we could always <laughs> laugh and, and joke out when we knew somebody did not watch film and did not, and they went with the most generic thing in the world. I don't need you to name names, but what's one of the funniest breakdowns that you've ever heard? Well, I'll, I'll tell you mine. I'll give you an example. Mine was, I think we were playing Tom Brady. It's like, well, Tom Brady, uh, best of all time, uh, strong arm, can throw the ball outside the numbers, uh, can make all the throws. It's like, bro, really? That's it? Like, no, yeah. no, no, Tom Brady struggles against two men. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Wait, wait, wait to be Captain Literal Man. So, what's the <laughs> funniest breakdown that you've ever heard where y'all looked at the at the dude like, man, sit, sit your butt down now. Like, you ain't watched a drop of film. Um, uh, I'd probably say, um, shoot, we, we were going over the center or whatever, and uh, you know, the dude was just like. Our coach gives us gives us a breakdown. So like, he gives us everything that a core description, center, like how the how he slides, how what he does, punch. Can you bull him or not? The everything. So uh, obviously, he didn't even look at that before we even went over the dude. <laughs> but he was like, uh, "Man, you could bull this guy. He's undersized. You know, like all this." And then coach was like, "Oh well." The center is 6'4", 320. Uh, you can't bull him. You can't, like, literally everything that the dude said, he said the opposite. So it was just like, everybody was looking at him like, come on, bro. Like, you ain't even going to read off what coach even said. Like, he gave you the answers already. So that was just like a time. See, wait, 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 wait to take our listeners inside, man. Because listen, like if you ain't no even done, if you ain't even smart enough, and, 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 and what they do is they put a core description of the player. It's like a quick little breakdown. And some guys are even like, well, we used to do something. Like this. I know it's different now. We used to have CDs back in the day. Yeah, it used to be CDs, not coasters. CDs used to actually be a thing that we used to listen to music <laughs> on. I know you guys, you probably never seen one before. But like we used to have <laughs> blank, we used to give a guy a blank CD every single week. And also, we would hide $100 behind the CD. So if the dude didn't come back and say, hey, something's wrong with my CD, or hey, I got $100 in my in my, in my playbook, we knew he had he was watching absolutely nothing. Yeah. Right? So so don't, don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe when they don't load your MP3 up. Hey, it's I'm glad we don't got MP3s. It's like the pop quiz thing back in school. Give you like PTSD thinking about that stuff there. <laughs> JFM, hang on real uh, real quick here. We got more with you coming up next. John Franklin Myers joining us on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. And welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Dan Gross and Bart Scott joined by Jet defensive lineman John Franklin Myers. You know, yesterday in the game over the Texans there, JFM, Austin Walter, a running back. He was up off the practice squad. He's a fellow Texan just like yourself. He found the end zone, family in attendance, you know, a great story. That's probably got to make it feel good that you got a teammate helping you guys win. And, oh, by the way, you're both from the same neck of the woods there down in the Lone Star State. What did you know about his story before he became a member of this team? Um, ironically, this uh, – so when I moved to the Houston – I worked out of the gym and I, you know, I just seen him all the time, you know, and he was the type of guy that they would finish their workout and he'd still be doing stuff. Like he'd be doing running back drills, like literally by himself. Um, and my trainer would go help him every now and again and stuff. But just a guy who I didn't really even know, he said that he played for San Fran. Um, but, you know, you don't really, I didn't think too much of it. Like I meet a thousand NFL players, you know, working out at the gym. Um, 
But a guy who just showed up every day and just did the same thing, like by himself after their workout, their workout was two hours long, he stay and do drills, you know, and or do extra core, do something extra um, by himself. So uh, just seeing that and then I seen him here and I was like, oh, man, shoot, so this is the same dude, you know. And then just, I mean, we go against him on practice every day and we see, like, we see, I mean, our coach literally just talked about it on Wednesday. Like, man, this guy's a good player. Like, I just can't wait. I can't wait till he gets up, man. Like, you, we seen it a little bit last year in San Fran because um, he was at San Fran with him. He was like, man, this guy, this guy can go, man. Like, he's a smart player. I mean, he just does everything right. Um, so, I mean, again, I, I'm happy for him that he found the end zone. Shoot, he deserves it. Hard working dude, man. I'm I'm excited about his future. I mean, that's that's what football is all about, right? We talk, everybody talk about luck. You know, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. And you know, when you get to this point of the season, you know, it's a battle of attrition. Everybody's injured, things of that sort. You know, who's a, who? Who has impressed you? Like, you know, when uh, as far as coming from practice squad or coming from the lower ranks and being able to come out and just kind of step up. A lot of guys aren't practice players. And, you know, they mess up in practice because they overthink it, right, because everything's slowed down. But some guys, when the lights turn on, man, they just they, – they're electric. Any any young guys kind of impress you with just their maturity and their their ability to try and like, rise up to the moment, even even when their number's called, even though it's, it's not expected by the public? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of guys. You know, you talk about, obviously, Bryce Huff, um, you know, a guy who kind of everybody just was iffy about – he showed some flashes last year, um, and all he does is make plays. He rushes. He he took advantage of this scheme and, and just gets off the ball and goes. Um, so, uh, I mean, he's super impressive. Run and pass. And then, um, shoot, uh, man, who am I? Eliza Riley, he just got here, you know, and yeah. he's made an impact on us like nobody else. Like A guy who just shows up, and, and he's trying to – He's trying to enjoy that uh, leadership role. He does a great job talking to guys, um, uh, getting guys prepared. Shoot, Quincy is another. I mean, nobody really – everybody gave up on Quincy, you know, like super fast guy, and just that's all they thought he was. And, and shoot, turn on the tape, you know, and the tape speaks for itself. He's like a little Um, Bobby Boucher, man. Like him him and Riley I love, man. (laughs) I was a a guy that was willing to knock myself out to knock somebody else out. And they like crash test dummies just like myself, man. So one thing yeah. that that's one thing about Raleigh that, that kind of flashed off the tape. Like, who's this dude? Just like he just coming up and just, you know, like evil Knievel, hey. man. He just coming up hey. and just trying to night night people. And Quincy, like, you know, I always love you can always tell the guys that's willing to like you talk about all gas, no brakes, not slow down. You can always tell because there's a certain sound when you don't hit the brakes, when you're hitting somebody, you don't slow oh. down. And Quincy has that sound, you know, sometimes it's all detriment. I, I I told Quincy when he hit dude on the sack yesterday, I was like, I had to stop. But I was like, damn, he hit hard. <laughs> Shoot, I mean, he has those hits. And then Elijah just, I mean, you know, sometimes you could be over aggressive and it messes up, you know, some of your other stuff responsibility-wise. But me personally, I respect that. Like, I respect the guy third and one. Like, man, like, I guarantee he going to go hit someone there. If he ain't doing the right thing, like – you know, like, hey, man, look, go, go hit somebody. And Watch you out mess for up, mess fire. up a thousand. And, and he hit me. That's what I actually <laughs> just talked to him about that because he hit me in my thigh. His helmet right in my thigh. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Open your eyes. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, he's a good player, man. I can't say Quincy and, and him and then Bryce again. Like, I mean, Elijah, uh, the um, offensive lineman, AVT. I mean, he's done great as a young guy. 
Man, I mean, we, we got some good young players, and, and, and even Kenny, you know, he had the block punt yesterday, um, and, and he just goes against us every day in practice, and he gets better, and he wants to get better. He wants to, he's asking us, like, hey, what am I doing wrong? Like, you know, am I doing, so what can I do better? You know, this and that. Like, so I just respect that. I respect that because, you know, as a young guy, sometimes it's hard to just say, like, you need help, like, and that's okay. Uh, uh, and we got guys on this team that aren't afraid to admit that, like, they need help and they want to get better. You know, JFM, I want to go back to something we talked about a little bit earlier. You know, when you were coming into the league with the Rams and as a rookie, you went to the Super Bowl, right? You got a sack of Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I'm curious, you know, you make it to the NFL. Here you are playing on the biggest stage. Was it hard for a young player, even though it wasn't all that long ago, to let to not allow yourself to think, oh, yeah, boy, this is easy. I made it. Boy, year one, I'm in the Super Bowl. I'm hitting Tom Brady. Like, how do you kind of keep things in perspective and realize it's not this easy when you come into the NFL? Oh, uh, well, I said that's just something I had to learn because you put anybody and I say anybody in that position who comes from Stephen at Boston, gets drafted in the fourth round, plays good snaps in the uh in their rookie year has a sack in the super bowl we were scoring 50 points a game like i'm like oh man this nfl stuff like well i mean this is easy like just walking apart <laughs> you know, compared to college you know and then um you know reality struck um we got a new d-line coach um i got fired and when they released me i think that's when i was like you know maybe this nfl thing isn't as easy as i thought it was you know um and that was just the time I had to reflect on myself. Like, what what did I do? Like, what am I not doing right? Um, and it was just, I just left stuff out on the field, you know? Like, you know, I, I, again, I, I talk about it all the time, but like the fear of regret, like, I just knew that I had more to give. You know, I knew that there was something else I could do, um, something that I speak to guys about all the time. And I think it's important to just go out there. And if you give your all and that's what it is, like, you could finish playing and be like, man, look, that's that's I did what I could. I did all I could. And it and, you know, it just didn't work out in my favor. So um, something that I live by is just like, man, every time I'm on that field, I'm going to make sure they know what it is like. They're going to get everything I got because I know what it feels like to be at the top and they get fired five months later. Like, I just know what it is. And, and that just can't happen again. You know, it's, it's crazy, right? Because we a lot of people don't realize that we're not defined by our success, but by our failures and how we respond to it. You know, one of the you know worst things that ever happened to me was getting kicked off the team um, in college and getting the opportunity to play it back. You know, so like you know, you 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 lose you know you lose the opportunity to be on one of the most dominant um, units in the league. You know, sunshine, and then you know the Jets pick you up. You know, when you got that second opportunity, how did that change your perspective as about as far as you know, not how you played on the field, because that's usually not the problem. It's usually about how we prepare and how we, you know, are as professionals. How did that define your 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 journey? Um, I say that, you know, I, I think it just it was a prime example of complacency. You know, I think when I got to the Rams, I had a sack in the Super Bowl. I knew we we're just going to the playoffs and gonna win all these games for the rest of my career. I was gonna get paid and you know, just my, I, I was born in LA, be around my family and all this other stuff. Um, and, you know, I just got a little complacent. And, and now I just know that that just can't happen. I mean, complacency is dangerous. You know, I, I think it just, it, it makes us all like soft. I, I think like we can all get complacent and just kind of forget about why we do things. And, and you know, the opportunity that we have, 
Um, and now, you know, even after signing this $55 million contract, like these guys are like, oh man, you know, this and that, you go buy this, you go buy that. No, I can't. No, I can't. Like, I'm trying to get money. I'm trying to get paid. I, I want, I want more, you know, I want, I want more for this team. I want more for myself. Like 55 isn't enough. And I'm going to keep playing. I'm going to keep doing what I got to do because I can't get complacent. You know, I understand what it's like to be complacent and then, you know, I mean, be jobless. It's like, oh man, you got some stability. Like, you know, man, you could just, you, you good. Like, no, I'm not good. Like, I'm not, I'm not. And in my head, I'm not. Like, I'm really not. I'm going to keep going and, and, you know, I'm keep fighting like I was on the cusp, which, you know, my rookie, after my rookie year, I was. Obviously, I got cut. And going into training camp each year and showing up every day to practice, that's how I act. That's how, I mean, these guys are never, like, I won't get comfortable anymore. Like, you can't, and first of all, in this business, you can't get comfortable. Right. Second right. of all, when you get paid, they're looking to cut money at any point in time, so <laughs> yep. damn sure can't get comfortable. Then you you better you better off getting comfortable on your rookie contract than your second yeah. contract, yeah. <laughs> honestly. So now there's no complacency said it. Like th this is this is what it is. I'm a football player, and, and uh, you know I'm a businessman. So th this just has to happen. Like I got to do better. I got to continue to put on great performances, and I got to help this team win games. Um, and as a defensive line, I mean that. I mean we understand. Again, we understand that assignment. Like the game goes as we go. Speaking of getting comfortable here, I, I have to know how you made out last week with Thanksgiving because it's a work week, right? And and you have to still show up the next day for practice. You got a game in a couple of days, and I'll throw Bart into this as well. Being the fact that you know you guys being players, the NFL this year. They gave a bye week to Kansas City and to Arizona the week of Thanksgiving. I would think that that is like hitting the lottery if you're a mm -hmm. player on one of those two teams, meaning like you could just pig out, go crazy on Thanksgiving and not have to worry about working that week. I mean, what is going on with that situation? But how was Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was great. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet uh, a great guy. Um, he's actually my barber. I mean, outside I didn't get a haircut, but um, <laughs> he's, he's my barber. Um, and just a guy who who just teaches me a bunch of stuff. I mean, he's into some real estate stuff. He's 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 been around the block. He's done a whole bunch. Um, he had you know one of the first businesses in Morristown, uh, black businesses, um, and one of the last ones standing out there. So a guy who teaches me a lot, and, and I go to once a week. And I don't even go there to get a haircut. Obviously, I don't. But I go there to just speak to him, you know, because he has a, a lot of knowledge for us. Um, a bunch of guys on the D-line go to him now. Um, but he he invited me and a couple of guys to his house, and he cooked for us. Um, he wouldn't allow us to bring anything. Like, we couldn't even bring, like, drinks. You know, he was just like, man, don't bring nothing. Wow, like, empty-handed, huh? Pretty good. Empty-handed. Hey, I ain't mad at that. But, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, he's a, he's a great guy. He, he cooked some good food. I told him to bottle up his barbecue sauce and, and let me sell it for him. So, <laughs> so hope, hopefully uh, we can make some money off that, too. Well, you talk well. You talk about you know having a bye week on Thanksgiving is a gift and a curse, right? Because listen, it's it's, it's okay for the guys that's small, but I once remember uh, one of my teammates of mine, Howard Green, um, who Rex told, "Hey, you got to lose some weight, man. Like, so when you come back from this bye week, you need to lose some weight." He came back twelve pounds heavier. He got cut when he got back because it's real easy for those big boys, man. They eat real good for a couple of days. You look up and them them, them them LBs pop up. Remember, we got to weigh in on Friday, so I don't know if I would want my bye week on on Thanksgiving because you really can't go nowhere because you got to be with the family, so you can't go out to Costa Rica, can't go out to Turkey. Yeah. So so I don't know how much of a favor the NFL did for Kansas City. Well, it's definitely. I mean, it, it's 
I don't know. It, it's it's iffy, you know, with that, just because we still had to weigh in on Friday. I mean, and after after day after Thanksgiving, I'm like, man, this this is wrong. Like, so I couldn't wrong. even enjoy. I couldn't enjoy Thanksgiving myself, you know, really, because I'm I'm not the skinniest person as we all know. <laughs> I'm I'm right at at my weight and, and struggling to stay there, especially when it starts getting a little colder and stuff. But those guys with the bye week, you know, I think timing wise, it's a great. Great bye yeah, yeah. You know, late, like late bye week, yes, perfect. Week Twelve or whatever, like you need that. But Thanksgiving, even the week after Thanksgiving, I don't know if I would want that. You know, like I don't know. Yeah, weigh in option. Weigh in, weigh in, weigh in is optional. Like, man, we need to go ahead. Whatever's on the scale, coach. Don't worry. Give me a couple of weeks. Let me get in a sauna, hot box. You know, a couple, a couple fat man walks out the practice. I'll be back where I need to be, baby. Don't worry I, about it. I had to let them know. Let they understand. Or next year, we'll talk to Coach Sala, have weigh-in the day before Thanksgiving instead. Yes. Just for that week. Just for that week. Make it Wednesday, so then you can go out <laughs> and have a nice Thanksgiving and then not have to worry about making weight when you come back on Friday. JFM, though, thanks for a couple of minutes today. We really appreciate it. Congratulations on the win, the great performance. Six more to go. A lot of season, a lot of football. Keep up the success, my man, and thanks for a couple today. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. I enjoyed every minute of it. I appreciate it, bro. All right, thanks a lot. That's John Franklin Myers. We still have a lot more to do here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets. Dan Grasso alongside Bart Scott. And Inside the Jets is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code GREEN for a special offer when you sign up. It's only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Some interesting results in Week 12 of the National Football League. Why don't we stay in the division and go up to Foxborough where the Patriots pulled away from the Tennessee Titans in the second half yesterday to get the victory. Um, Tennessee is struggling right now a little bit. Let's be real. Uh, They lost to the Houston Texans last week. We know that they're banged up. They're missing some key pieces we know on offense. And they just didn't have the opportunity to convert the, the, the opportunities that presented themselves. I mean, they had two guys who ran for over 100 yards in that game yesterday, Bart, but they couldn't cash in on the chances Patriots did not beat themselves, and once again, you're seeing a team that's peaking at the right time. Well, you talk about this is Vrabel's first loss against his mentor, right? And, you know, I I don't know what to really um, expect from this um, Patriots team uh, because, listen, they've had some very good fortune in the last, you know, couple of weeks. They played Cleveland without any of the running backs. You know, they they, 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 kind of been like Kansas City. They're playing teams. It's not about who you play. It's when you play them. And they right. seem to be getting them at the right time. You know, um, you know, this Monday night coming up, they're going to have to go against the Buffalo Bills, who are relatively healthy, even though they lost to Davis White. But you can say, okay, well, the the Patriots could have had um, Stephon Gilmore with them as well. So you call that even. You know, but you talk about this is going to be their first real test. And it's important for any team that's striving to go somewhere to kind of know who they really are in a measuring stick game. You thought that the, Tex- the Tennessee Titans would be a measuring stick game. But without A.J. Brown, without Julio Jones, without Chris Henry, it's like, what do we expect now? We have given, you know, the seen the Texas play at a high level without uh, Derrick Henry. But we haven't seen him play at a high level without A.J. Brown, without Julio Jones. You know, that's the same team that came into MetLife and lost to the Jets, you know, yep. when they didn't have those two pieces. So that just tells you how significant the, the loss of them. And it was a game for a while before turnovers came and you know, late in the game, it was close for a while. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who and what this this Patriots team really is. 
No doubt about it. Next Monday night for the top spot in the division, Pats at Bills. That should be a fun one. Speaking of Tennessee, they still have a two-game cushion, though, atop the AFC South. And really, that was a golden opportunity that Indianapolis let slip through their fingers yesterday, right? Because the Colts have been playing some good football here of late. They had a nice lead on Tampa Bay yesterday, especially in the first half. They were in control of that game. But then in the second half, Brady and company got going. Leonard Fournette had himself a monster game. Colts could have really narrowed that margin atop the division, but still two games back, and they lose the tiebreaker with Tennessee as well. But that was a real big chance, I thought, that they let slip away. Of course, and that's what happens when they got outside their identity because they decided to continue to try and air it out instead of leaning on that run game. You know, and I thought that was a pivotal mistake that they made, the fact that they didn't try and continue to establish a run to be able to take the clock away, especially when they had such a big lead. Um, and, you know, Carson Wentz, you know, came up short just a little bit, and Tom Brady did Tom Brady things. You know, but Leonard Fournette set a career high with four touchdowns in one game. Um, every team is flawed, man, in this, in this league. That's the beauty of it. The parity of this league is why I think the numbers are going to be outside the roof. You talk about Thanksgiving Day, the Raiders and Dallas Cowboys was the most viewed um, game in the last, I believe, five years. You know, you talk about, you know, how many people really just watch that game. That tells you that all fan bases are engaged. That tells you that everybody's paying attention because everybody knows on any given Sunday your team can win. And so many teams are still live, right? Because, you know, you look at the you look at the records, you know, it's only a few teams that can exclude themselves from the playoff race. Even with Indianapolis losing and falling to six and six, they're still in the hunt, very much in the hunt. And if they finish the show and close out, you know, strong, they'll be right there, and that'll be a team that nobody will want to play. I think they just threw a flag, by the way, from that Cowboys-Raiders game from Thanksgiving. (laughs) They threw another flag because they're still not done throwing. I mean, that was insane. No, but to your point, I mean, you look even over on the NFC side of things with the playoff race right now. All right, Giants beat the Eagles yesterday. Eagles, of course, team the Jets are going to see next week at MetLife Stadium. Giants are only a game out of a playoff spot. And and all the struggles that they've gone through, you know, firing their offensive coordinator last week, and and not that the new guy. How did that that offense look yesterday? You know what? Thankfully, their defense forced how many turnovers from Jalen Hurts yesterday. That's why they won the game. But my point is, you know, they're still in this thing. I mean, we had San Francisco left for dead not too long ago. San Francisco right now is in a playoff spot, playing good football. It's just six more weeks to go. Who knows how this thing is going to play itself out? It's amazing how one more game added to the schedule just opens up all the possibilities. It's, it's crazy. The one game and also the extra playoff spot, right? But I think, you know, the, the most exciting races at the top, as you see teams that are trying to vie for the opportunity to have the buy. You know, the fact that only two teams get the buy is amazing, right? And, you know, I think that's going to play, you know, a huge role in, in who's going to be fresh, who can heal up. You know, that's why, you know, Tennessee losing yesterday was so – you know, such a such a, a devastating loss because now the Baltimore Ravens are the number one seed in the AFC and they're a heavily flawed team, right? Oh, and that man. was an opportunity for Cincinnati to pop up into the first place after we left them for dead. So every time we we leave a team for dead and declare them done, you know, they come back like Michael Myers and it's, it's got to be another sequel, you know, coming to you know coming to the stage. So I mean, you, you think about it, it's, it's it's really exciting, and I think you know everybody doesn't know how this is going to end up. And this what what you like. You talk about the ultimate reality TV. You don't know who's going to make the play to get their team in the playoffs and who's going to make that play that keeps their team from being able to go to the postseason and the ramifications of who jobs that's going to cost and, and what's going to happen and, you know, when that happens, when somebody ultimately you know, doesn't live up to the expectations. So now you look at Green Bay and you look at the Arizona Cardinals and the NFC, the fact that you know, 
I think Arizona won by simply having a buy, right? They won yep. by not even playing and, you know, being able to, you know, watch the Los Angeles Rams who are struggling of, of late really, really cement themselves deep into that second spot and still, you know, Arizona two games above them and they have to play each other again. And Matthew Stafford now dealing with a bunch of injuries, which certainly don't help matters for them. Get your tickets to see the Jets host the Eagles on Sunday, December the 5th at 1 p.m. in MetLife Stadium, presented by SAP. Lock in your seats at nyjets.com slash tickets. Let's talk about the Eagles here real quick. They lose to the Giants yesterday, the four turnovers, as we know, but they ran the football really well. They ran it for over 200 yards, so that's something certainly that the Jets are going to have to keep an eye out for to maybe slow down that Eagle attack. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Jalen Hurts, too, and what he's been able to do uh, with being a mobile quarterback. So once again, they, they you, you know, the Jets have to play a quarterback, you know, like Josh Allen that has the ability to make plays with his legs and also, you know, part of the run game, right? So, like, the Eagles have been playing very well, and Jalen Hurts, his stock have been rising before the turnovers. The Jets are going to have to try and turn him over, too, to get extra possessions, you know, because it seems like they found something. It seems like he's selling into his own. So it's not it's not going to be any easy out because of his ability to be able to buy time with his legs. And do you spy him? Do you go cover one where guys are having their backs turned or what do you do as far as being able to control that added dimension, that element that they have? Because most almost like Lamar Jackson, they have designed runs for him. And that's something that you have to prepare for because that makes you play 11 on 11. And there's an opportunity for history coming up on Sunday, and I'm sure some Jet fans know, some don't, but there's one franchise in the entire NFL that the Jets have never beaten in the history of the franchise, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. So they'll take another swing at this thing, Bart, on Sunday, seeing if they could get that elusive victory against Philadelphia. Now's the perfect time, don't you think? Absolutely. Bart, great job as always, my friend. Enjoy it. Heal up. We'll do it again next week. What do you say? Let's do it. I'll be here. That's it, baby. He's Bart Scott. I'm Dan Grasa. Thanks for joining us here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. So long, everybody.